Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. The Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground, it's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall, Ellis, left corner. We missed Bang! From way down under, Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat to the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good whistle foul. Count the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh, through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out, feeling good. Ellis, Cody Ellis, Ellis, pull up jumper, Cody Ellis, bang, Cody Ellis, can he stand and deliver, Cody Ellis. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. And what a time to have a show, Cody, because we've just seen the craziest finish to an NBL season, I think, we could ever imagine. It came down to the very last second of the very last game of the regular season to find out who was going to make the finals and finish in that sixth position. It was all in the hands of DJ Vasilovic, and I, I feel like he wouldn't have it any, any other way. No. If there's one guy in the league who wants to be in that position, it would be him. So we saw the Perth Wildcats sneak into that sixth spot with that win over the Sydney Kings. They knocked out Melbourne United. And we'll go, go through all of the final round and what happened, Cody, because it was as dramatic as you can get. So we'll go through all of that on this week's show. We'll have a look back on the teams that didn't make it and especially what went wrong for the Brisbane Bullets and Adelaide 36ers because if we go back a few months and we expected big things of both those teams, Cody, and mm-hmm. we'll have a look ahead to what's to come. The, the finals all, all of a sudden get underway on Thursday night. The wounded Taipans and Jack Jumpers. We've got the Phoenix and the Wildcats to look forward to and then all of a sudden it continues on Sunday. So we'll have a look at all of that. We'll get some... We'll get our predictions for the awards that are to come on Tuesday night and see how close we might get and see how our thoughts now might stack up to what we said at the start of the season. And, of course, we're here thanks to Hoops Heaven, Cody. So that's a lot for us to get through. I'm Chris Pike, but Cody Ellis, former Illawarra Hawks and Sydney Kings Ford, good to be with you again. And have you caught your breath after that last day? Uh, yeah, man, what a round. What a round of basketball and what a way to finish uh, what's been a really good season so far. Mm. So... I mean, look, it was, like you said, having DJ shoot for the <laughs> for with season on the line for, for someone else. Mm. Um, I'm sure he would have loved that, but uh, not sure why he went for the three and didn't try get to the rack or something yes, like that. Yes. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't really mean anything for them. So, no, look, I think that uh, I think we're in for a, a really good final series, um, you know, with, with all the teams involved. And I think all deserving with the way they mm-hmm. finished the seasons out. And, uh you know, unfortunately, one of those teams had to miss out, and Melbourne being it, who, yep. you know what, I think there's probably a few teams uh, breathing a sigh of relief so, because too. I think had Melbourne have cracked that six, I reckon they were a legit uh, title contender. I think they're probably playing the best basketball out of every team yep. in the league right now. Oh, absolutely. And I think they're probably more consistent than anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, look, I think, uh, you know, like I said, if they had cracked it, then there would have been some nervous teams around. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out though, mate. It's going to be a mm. lot of fun, I think. Yeah, it sure will be. All right, Cody. So we've got a lot to get through. And, of course, Hoop 7 makes this show possible. So head into Hoop 7, the store itself, if you're in Perth on Murray Street or get your orders in on, on hoop7.com.au and you won't be disappointed. You won't be short on, on options. But a lot to get through, Cody. So let's quickly run through the results and then we'll break it down 
event by event as this last round unfolded because it couldn't have been more more dramatic. So it started, the first, I guess, penny to fall was going back to Thursday night with the New Zealand Breakers beating the Laura Hawks 91-81. to Then we saw the 36ers beat the Sydney Kings 115-108. to Then on Friday night, the Cairns Taipans, Adam Ford finally got that win over the Wildcats, 84-71. to Tasmania Jack Jumpers, too good for, for the Illawarra Hawks, who were pretty happy, I think, that the season ended when it did, 87-63. to The New Zealand Breakers, they took it until overtime, but they overcame the Brisbane Bullets, 80-75. to And then the last day, which we'll get to shortly, Melbourne United over the Adelaide 36ers, 116-107. And then the Perth Wildcats, they needed to win by 11. They won by 12 over the Sydney Kings, 96-84. to So what it all means, Cody... The Sydney Kings finished on top as we knew, 19 and 9. New Zealand Breakers, 18 and 10 in second. The Cairns Taipans, third, 18 and 10. The Tasmania Jack Jumpers, 16 and 12. The Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, 15 and 13. That nervous weight ended up working well for them because they rose up a position yeah. by not playing in the in the last round. And then the sixth spot for the Perth Wildcats, 15 and 13 just ahead of Melbourne United on the same record and two points behind. It came down to two points in yep. the end. It was incredible. Then we've got the Adelaide 36ers finished at 13 and 15. Brisbane Bullets 8 and 20. Illawarra Hawks 3 and 25. Before we break things down game by game over this weekend, Cody, what was your overall impression when you sat back and were thinking about it, how it unfolded on Sunday night? Oh, it was just wild. Mm. It, was, it was crazy and, you know, I think that is, is further proof why... You know, yeah, you have to play all these games out to the very end. Sure. You know, I yeah. um, I put it out on my social media after. Like, it needs to be the end of this season needs to be shown to new imports coming in mm. because, and just to prove, like, we have to play yeah. to the end of the. Like, I know this was a little bit of an anomaly, and mm. you know, it, it's not ever usually this close, mm. but it can be. You know, mm. and all of a sudden, Melbourne are at home drinking beers and mm. and not playing any anymore because you know couple points here and there you know that game against the cats that you know ultimately ended up yeah biting them and that's exactly what we said and and in fairness it it was 0.1 of a second i mean chris golding that shot at half time wasn't counted it was so close Mm -hmm. if that counted they'd make the finals right now and perth doesn't yeah absolutely and it's you know um it's it's pretty wild to think of that (laughs) you know it's crazy or you know a couple free throws here and there throughout Mm -hmm. the entire season it's it's just uh Look, we, we did comment on the percentages uh, mm. a few weeks ago and, and how uh, I think it was the – I think it was United at the time had a perfect 100%. They did, yeah. And then <laughs> uh, the next weekend, the Cats were on a perfect 100% yep. too. Yep. So, yeah, look, I mean, it's 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 one of those crazy things that, you know, there's probably seven teams that deserved to make the, make the playoffs, but one's got to miss out. Well, let's have that discussion now. I was going to have it later, but <laughs> about the points differential, are you happy that it comes down to points differential to determine who makes it or – would you prefer the old system where it comes down to the, the season splits between the two teams if they finish on the same record? It's a tough one. Look, I think that with the points spread the way it is, I think it goes more hand-in-hand hand with the season as a whole mm. rather than how you match up against a certain team. Yep. So I think it's it's probably a bit more even. <sighs> Look, either way you have it, I think there's going to be people that don't like it. There's mm. going to be people that like it. Mm. Um I, I do think it, it's done pretty well right now. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think at the end of the day, if it was a absolutely perfect uh, percentage uh, for both teams and they matched up perfectly, I think it does end up going to a head-to-head, I think, yes. yeah, I heard. But, yep. uh, yeah, look, I think chances of that ever happening are, are <laughs> yes. slimmer than what already happened over the weekend. So, um, no, look, I, I think it's done right because, yeah, it, it does 
kind of take the whole season into consideration mm. rather than a few games. Interesting the coach views. I feel like John really is really against it. I mm-hmm. don't think he likes it at all. Scott Roth doesn't like it either. Yep. He, he's a bit more traditional and, and he doesn't want necessarily his players to be trying to score when a game's over. Yeah. And I can, I can understand that, but he, he's realistic knowing that it could cost you a final yeah. spot, so mm-hmm. he has to just accept how, how things are. I feel like Dean Vickerman was a bit more level-headed in his reaction after after Sunday's game, and he, he just wants to simply sit down as a coaching group before next season and come to an agreement. Mm-hmm. We either play to the end and we either try to shoot our shots right up until the end of the buzzer or we, we decide as a coaching unit that we won't do it. Yep. I feel like if all ten coaches come to an agreement and stick to that agreement, yep. then you can't really complain. No, love that. Love that. And, you know, I think that's that's part of it too because, you know, some coaches really don't like that. You know, some coaches are going to be up 15 mm. with five seconds left and call a timeout so they can advance the ball. Yeah. You know, it's, it's... It's interesting. Simon Mitchell embraces his players mm-hmm. doing it. And then Scott Roth, we've seen him a couple of times yell at Jack McVeigh saying, don't, don't shoot, shoot, don't shoot. shoot. Yeah. Jack still shoots. He does, yeah. yeah. You can't get that out of Jack. That's, that's not going to happen. Um, but, yeah, look, it is. And I, I do understand both sides of it. Yeah. You know, I think especially growing up and, and some of these coaches that have been around for a, a lot longer than some of the newer coaches coming through, that's how it used to be. And those mm. shots at the end of games are classified as disrespectful. Yeah. You know, like why are you trying to run the score up when game's over? Yep. It doesn't mean anything. Mm. Well, it does mean something. It does. You know, it, it does. And we, we obviously saw it this weekend and, and how the season's finished. So it's a tough one. I think uh, if if all the coaches can come together and agree on one way or the other, mm. I think that's perfect. And yeah. I think that would uh, would be ideal. And, and hopefully that can happen. And mm. it's not just uh, something that gets <laughs> talked about and then never actually happens. Well, what has to happen in that situation is whatever you decide, you have to stick to it. Yep. Just because your season's on the line or you're in the heat of the moment can't then go back on it or else that makes you look pretty average. Oh, it does. It does. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the season. I assume that'll be something that happens probably over the Blitz or, mm. or something along yeah. those lines when, when all the teams are together. Um, but, you know, we, we did see it throughout the season where, you know, a team shot a shot late in the game. I mm. think I think it was Jack it was against, a, against uh, Brisbane and Tyler Johnson, Tyler Johnson was, was not happy. Yeah. And coming from the States, yeah, that, that's a that, thing. That's they, what he's been used to, yeah. Well, that's it. They run out shot clocks, not just game clocks, yeah. you know. Um, so, you know, it's... it's and it's if someone does shoot in that situation that he's been used to his whole life, it does deserve a punch in the yeah. face. Yeah, well, it does, <laughs> exactly, because it, it is. It's deemed disrespectful, mm. you know. So, and it's it's one of those things that people are going to have their opinion on it. But, uh, like I said, hopefully all the coaches can, can get on one page and stay on that same page, mm. and I think it'll be good from there. Okay, Cody, let's go through what happened in this final round. Um, so the first game was Thursday night where the New Zealand Breakers had to beat the Illawarra Hawks to... Go back into second, and just to enhance their hopes of finishing top two, they got the job done, but, gee, it wasn't easy. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. But, uh, look, I mean, it's it's one of those things that you kind of want those tougher games going mm. into finals. You know, you don't want to breeze past anyone, or, you know, when you're in the Phoenix shoes, you don't really want to miss a game mm. at this point of the season. But, uh, look, I mean, made hard work of it, but I think uh, I think they did, did what they needed to and eventually got it done, which is good. Friday night, this was a fascinating doublehead as we looked ahead to when we did our show last mm-hmm. week. Um, started in Adelaide, they got that sellout crowd again, another massive crowd for their for their team, so you can't fault the support from Not the Adelaide community. And, and their team came out and delivered. They beat the Sydney Kings, even though Xavier Cooks didn't play. Mm-hmm. Derek Walton, I think he had 13 assists up until the time that he came out of the game and didn't see pretty much the whole fourth quarter. 
DJ didn't play pretty much the whole fourth quarter, so yep. I'm not sure how seriously the Kings took it, but the 36ers got the win they needed and kept themselves just alive to, to set up Sunday. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, yeah, look, obviously a massive shout-out to some of the fan bases around yeah. the league have been amazing. And some of the biggest supporters come from those teams closer Especially to the Adelaide bottom. Especially Adelaide and Brisbane. Their crowds have been incredible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. And then even you see in Wollongong yep. with uh, with Timmy hanging them up as well. Everyone got around that mm. and was looked, looked like it was uh, fairly uh, loud in there, even though they didn't play a great game on that. <laughs> no, but it helped they finally got a game on a Saturday yeah, too. Exactly. That does help. So, no, look, that's awesome and it's good and that's what, what we need to keep the league running and keep these teams afloat, I think, mm. is to make sure that the supporters come out and keep supporting. Um, no surprise to see Antonio Cleveland put on that Superman cape once again against the Kings. As he does, and as he's <laughs> done all season. Yep. I think, um, yeah, he has just kind of been that that one guy that has, has kept them somewhat together mm. this, this season. And, geez, if it wasn't for him, I don't know how many games they would have won. Yeah. It wouldn't have been many. No. Because, uh, yeah, that Superman cape has, uh, <laughs> has been very well worn throughout the season. Mm. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's done it well. The second game on Friday... It was all set up for the Perth Wildcats to just about lock away mm-hmm. their, their finals position. They were hosting the Cairns Taipans. They'd won 10 straight against against Cairns. Adam Ford had never beaten the Wildcats in his in his three seasons as a head coach. There was no Keanu Pinder, no Taji McCall for the, the Taipans. Even Mirko Jerick, who we talked about last week, might have been the guy that steps in yeah. in the absence of, of these guys. But he, he didn't make the trip to Perth either. Um, Johnny Antonio did get that start that we, yeah. we talked about that he might get an extra extra few minutes. But gee, the Wildcats put in one of their worst performances of the season. Full credit to the Taipans. They were yeah. outstanding. But the Wildcats couldn't have played much worse. And their, their season was virtually on the line. Yeah. So Cairns came out just loose and free and just went out and hooped, yeah. really. Um, and the Cats just didn't really show up, to be honest with you. It was uh, it was very odd to see. Mm. You know, I think, especially with your season on the line, um, it's... Just the little effort plays mm. were just not there. Mm. You know, the straight line drives to the rim, you know, absolutely no bite on defense, no. which, I mean, we haven't really seen from no. them this year as it is. But And no interest in rebounding again. Absolutely none. And it was just, it was it was crazy. I was sitting there just wondering what was going on. Mm. And it's almost like they knew that Cairns <laughs> were, you know, battle-torn and just lacking players yeah. and they kind of, bought into that and like, oh, we'll just win this. Yeah. Don't worry. Like, just didn't show up and play properly. But, look, Cairns were unbelievable. They were they were a lot of fun to watch and they were up mm. and about. Their bench was up and about mm-hmm. and Forty was all, <laughs> all up and about <laughs> yeah. as well. And, I mean, to get his first win against the Cats mm-hmm. at RAC is massive. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, good on him for that. But, uh, no, look, I think, yeah, they, they certainly made up for it on, on Sunday. But, uh, gosh, they uh, almost, almost really... Uh, Stuffed himself with that one. <laughs> it was the perfect result to set up the weekend, though. So what that it did, was. it meant that the Breakers had to beat Brisbane on Saturday and, and it also meant that the Wildcats had to beat the Kings on, on Sunday. But before we get to the Breakers and the Bullets, the Jack Jumpers just had to beat the Elora Hawks and they, they got a big win. They were too they good did. for the Hawks. The Hawks looked like they were crying out for the end of end of the season. Tasmania got the win, but boy, did it come at a cost. Um, I've never seen a face blow up as quickly no. as what Josh Majetch did. No, it didn't. And, you know, we thought we saw a bad one with Keanu mm. a, few, a few weeks ago. And this one, goodness me. And then he was sitting on the end of the bench with his head slowly growing as the game <laughs> kept going on. So it was... Uh, and the cameras got closer and closer. I know. <laughs> they didn't need to. They could have zoomed out and still seen it. Mm. But, uh, look, yeah, I feel for the guy. And that's probably his season done, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and that really hurts Tazzy. 
So, yeah. I mean, they, they did what they needed to. They got the win. Uh, it was convincing. I feel like they got themselves a bit of uh, bit of momentum going into finals, mm. um, which is kind of what you want to do. And you're right, the Hawks just look like they were ready to, yeah. to hang up, uh, hang it up for the season and, and just get out of there, um, which is totally fair. I mean, they've been in so many games and just fallen short mm. that, you know, their <laughs> their will has probably just yeah. snapped a while ago. But uh, no, look, Tazzy got it done, but at what cost, unfortunately? I liked what Jacob Jacoma said afterwards, and he, he felt like this could have happened to us eight or nine games ago, and yeah. our team could have felt like the end was here and everything had got too hard. At least it only happened in the very last game. But the positive was Tim Conrad hit two threes at the end of the game yeah, to, to say goodbye. Yeah, which was really good. Yeah. Got a got a massive ovation for that. And, uh, you know, Jacob was able to sub him out with Perfect. a few yeah. seconds left, which was great. Give him that uh, standing ovation that he deserves. And, look, I think... Uh, I think he was his uh, his jersey will be hanging in those rafters at some point, along with Eric Cooks, which yes. should be up there right now. Yes. But uh, those are those are other stories that we can <laughs> talk about a bit later. Um, but no, like good on him. That uh, that's awesome and a, and a good way to, to finish off. Yep, no, it, it was. Um, I thought it was all all very well done. Um, second game on Saturday, so all the New Zealand Breakers had to do was beat the Brisbane Bullets to lock away second spot. Boy, did they have to earn it. It ended up going to going to overtime yeah. and it came down to Tom Abercrombie picking the pocket of Nathan Sobey on the very last play to, to seal the win. Yep. Quite incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, second time in a few weeks that he's been able to do that yeah. late in the game. Lucky for them that uh, they got over the line this mm. time and yes. didn't have Tyler Harvey hitting a half-court shot mm. off a pick to, to win it. But, uh, no, look, I think that was one of those danger games for the Breakers for sure. Mm. Um, had... Fair bit riding on on that game. Oh yeah, you know, you straight through to that semi is is massive. Sitting in second, and uh, look, Brisbane came out just ready to play and played really well. Yep. You know, played really well and always fun to get overtime. So uh, yes. never never going to complain about that. But uh, look, Breakers ended up getting it done and sitting pretty in second, mm. which, is, which is massive for them. Is Abercrombie an underrated defender? I mean, he's the guy that gets these biggest jobs. We saw him guard Tyler Harvey for that whole game against the, the Hawks a couple of weeks ago, and he was disappointed the way he guarded that half-court shot. But, gee, if a guy's going to hit a shot from half-court, you, you almost give it to him. And then yeah. he's the one they trusted to, to go to Sobe at the end of that game. Is he underrated a little bit as a defender? <sighs> yes and no. He, he gets talked about a lot as a great defender, yeah. you know, but probably not quite the recognition that I think he's deserved. Mm. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's always on... You know the, their main offensive player, and mm. his length and his athleticism. It just he knows how to use it, and he he does it so well that uh, yeah. Um, but you're right. I think I think he could probably he deserves a bit more recognition. Mm. But uh, I don't I do think it gets spoken about a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's you never see him in the uh, defensive player of the no, year no. or anything like that. So yeah. Fairly intriguing, actually. It's the point. Yeah. <laughs> he's had an incredible career. I yes, mean, he's he almost has. at 400 games now. He's Wild. four championships. He was grand final MVP in one of those championships. Mm-hmm. He's He's been incredible. And he's still got the got the same hops. I love yeah. I love how he can jump off two feet and throw it down still. And just glides. Just a, <laughs> glides. His head gets above the rim. He's got incredible athleticism now as well. And his three-point shooting is, is terrific. His defense is terrific. He's, he's, a, hell of a, he's a hell of a guy too. Yeah. I mean, he's such a family man as well as we as we saw the battles that he's had over the last couple of years with, with COVID with them. So, yep. yeah, well, well done to him to play match winner to get them into second spot. And you could see how much it meant, meant to him more than more than anybody. Um, that all set up Sunday, Cody. Uh, so we went into Melbourne United against the 36ers, sold out at John Kane Arena, their first first home game there for, for a month. 
And basically, Melbourne just had to win the game. And whatever they won by, they had to win by more than what Perth would beat Sydney by later in the game. For the 36ers to be any chance, they had to basically win this game by by 40 and then hope that the Wildcats had a big loss yep. later on. So it was all set up to be to be a shootout. But for Melbourne, not as much a shootout as they probably expected mm-hmm. had Perth beaten Cairns on Friday night. Yep. Um, what were you expecting going into the game and did it play out how you thought it would? Well, Adelaide came out guns blazing, mm. which we knew was going to happen. Mm. Um, I think... They, they kind of concentrated on the wrong end of the floor, which yeah. doesn't surprise me with this Adelaide mm. team after this season. They needed to get stops and be able to run. And well, when you need a big win, getting a stop is every bit as important as yeah. getting a basket not up just, the other end. Yeah, not just yeah. let's hope these shots go down, you <laughs> yeah. know. So, But look, it, it lived up to the hype. I think it was this was one of the more fun games to watch throughout mm. the whole season. Yeah. Um, and especially with, you know, everything riding on it and the way it finished, I think, you know, Melbourne... Gave up a bit of a lead in that last mm. few minutes. Mm. Um, ended up able to push it out, you know, back to nine points, yeah. especially with Tucker's last second yes. three, and that was huge. And that, yeah. that could have been uh, that could have been the deal breaker. Um, and then obviously Goulding's three at half time mm. that missed or made it, but was still in his hand when uh, yeah. when the siren went off. And geez, if that if that goes down, then we're talking about <laughs> Melbourne playing yeah. Phoenix, and we're talking about a sh- the the Victorian uh, showdown rather than the Cats playing. Yeah. But, yeah, look, it was an amazing game. I think uh, United did what they needed to. Um, I think that nine-point margin was was probably a fairly good margin. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're looking at the Cats and Kings game, you probably think that that gives them a, a fairly uh, tough target to, mm. to reach against the Kings team, who not exactly playing their, to their full potential, mm. but uh, still the, the league leaders uh, on the ladder. And, I mean... Ended up being Cooks playing most of the game. He but did, yeah. uh, no, look, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, but it uh, doesn't surprise me that Melbourne got it done. Mm. It set things up perfectly. If you were in Melbourne's shoes after that game, if mm. you were a Melbourne player, what would have you done for the next two hours waiting? Would, would you watch the Perth Sydney game? Would you ignore it? Would you? What would have you done? Uh, I, I reckon they were in the locker room watching the game. Mm-hmm. I reckon they would have been, as a team, somewhere watching the game for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, you'd have uh, yeah, you'd have a cooler full of beers on one side and uh, <laughs> and your your training schedule for the next week on the other. Yep, yep. Um, shouts to, to Luke Cooper for uh, for tweeting me that one. But uh, yeah, look, I think um, it's, it's a tough position to be in. You know, yeah. it's 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 a really odd position. And gosh, they'd be sitting there if if there wasn't more hate between uh, United and, and the Kings. There's mm. uh, there's going to be a, a whole lot coming next year because uh, look, I think. At times, it looked like Sydney just didn't care and yep. didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, look, gave it a red hot crack in the end, yeah. and and all credit to Perth who uh, ended up getting it done. Okay, so before we get to that, if you are the Sydney Kings, who would have you preferred to make the finals, Melbourne or Perth? It's a tough one because now you've gone over two against Perth in yeah. the past few weeks. You know, and they're probably their two biggest rivals right now, yeah. along with the Hawks. Yep, for sure, for sure, and it it, it is a tough one. I think. Uh, I think at that point it's just whoever we get. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they had. Oh, I don't think they were leaning one way or the other. Really, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you never want to play the Cats. RAC Arena is just a different beast to come play in. Mm-hmm. The travel, the time difference yeah. is just it's it's massive, and it does play a huge role. And I think people forget that. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, the, the general public that, that watch the game forget that sort of thing. Mm. You know, you're starting the second half when it's almost midnight, you know, midnight your time. <laughs> yeah. but, and that does have an effect, which is why you see not so much in the past year or so, but, mm. you know, in the last, geez, 30 years really mm-hmm. now, why the Wildcats would run over teams in that late games. Yep. You know, teams are just knackered and should be lying in bed. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think the Kings had a bias one way or the other. So the game, how the game panned out was fascinating. So Xavier Cooks came back after not playing Friday night, and I don't know if the plan was to play him as much as they did, but yeah. he ended up playing a lot of the game, I think, because they wanted to win in the end. Yeah. The longer the game went, they realised that they, they want to win this game if they've got a chance. Um, Derek Walden didn't play, which which I think hurt them in the end because yeah. they, they, they didn't have quite the same offensive flow yeah. without him running the ship, which is understandable. He'd just come off 13 assists only 48 hours earlier. Um, but the Wildcats... Had got on top, so they were 23 points up during the fourth quarter. They did it without Bryce Cotton. So mm. for, for the whole night, he went nine points, two of 20. Yeah. We've talked about how other guys need to step up the whole season, and they did. This yes, was the time did. for them to do it. So Corey Webster had a big night, Brady Manning, Luke Travis, probably his best ever yep. NBL game. So they, they all stepped up. Tayshawn Thomas, after hurting his knee early in the game, to start that third quarter, he just was, mm-hmm. was on fire. So yeah. so he had he had his moments too. So this was the time they needed guys to step up, and, and they did. So at that point... Things were looking pretty good when they were up 23. Yeah, they were. Um, <laughs> they were looking real good. And it was uh, it was kind of surprising. I didn't... I mean, they came out... It was a completely different Cats team than we've seen even all year. Not mm. just this round. Mm. Because, you know, obviously we spoke about the blunder against Cairns. But, uh, I mean, their intent to crash the boards and on defense... Yeah, look, they gave up a ton of straight line drives to the rim and, you know, a couple transition buckets and all that mm. sort of stuff. But Sydney are the best at that mm. in the league. Mm. You know, that's that's what they do. But just just the effort. I think defensively they were active, their hands, mm. the amount of deflections they got was probably more than what they had for the rest of the season combined. Yeah. You know, um, Sydney almost looked a bit lax with it all. And sure. I mean, that just, but that comes from the pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's no secret that you do that and all of a sudden you you beaten Sydney by 20 points. Yep. Late in the fourth, you know, a few, uh, <laughs> few little blunders and did, all Did they get tight? Is, is that, yeah. did, did, were they almost playing like they were trying to save save the game at that point? Or did Sydney just get loose and, and it was DJ Vasilovic hit a couple of big shots. Justin Simon, he only scored seven points for the game, yeah. but they all came in a row when they were bringing that margin back to... They got it back to eight in the end when Angus Glover knocked down that three as well. Yep. Those three in particular looked like they were... Are we ready to, ready to spoil the party? Well, they were. And Cats all of a sudden just went, oh, we're up 20, we're good. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than we're only up nine. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Sydney kind of went on a bit of a tear, but the Cats didn't make a field goal for the last three minutes mm-hmm. of the game. Mm-hmm. To their defence, it's usually, here, Bryce, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. we're going to spread the floor, yeah. do your thing. Mm. So no one was used to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, look, I think... Um, I think Corey was was massive for them. Um, LT, that's the NBA LT that mm. I think everyone really thought that they would see all year. Mm. Um, he's had a little bit of an up and down year. Back end, he's been unbelievable. I think he's been really good. And then this game, he just put it all together, mm-hmm. did everything for them. And I think that's what he'll do on an NBA floor once he gets there. Um, he was huge defensively. He was crashing the boards, being a playmaker, and just yeah, just being a menace really. So that was uh, that was really good to see. But yeah, look, uh, again, that shorter rotation again. I think Norton and Todd played less than 10 seconds each and that <laughs> yes. was... Norto shot a floater from three-quarter court that barely made the foul line. Mm. 
Um, and then Todd came in and, and travelled and then got ripped. Yep. Um, so, you know. And Majuk didn't play at all, even when no. Thomas went off, went off hurt. No, he didn't. He didn't. So, uh, yeah, look, it's going to be interesting to see how they go because uh, playoffs are a different beast. Mm. It's a lot more physical. Um, Especially so with their opponents, South East Melbourne, who they've right, really so struggled against. Yeah, they have. They have. So it's going to be yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what really does. But uh, I'm uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be it's going to be good. How fitting was it that it came down to the last possession, and the Kings went twice to DJ Vasilovic yeah. for for three pointers. First one he missed from up top, but then they got the ball back, and it was a, a slightly different play, but in the same situation where they they won games early in the season against both both Cairns and Illawarra where. Inbounds pass, they find the shooter, and DJ had a good look. That was a, that was a good look that could have silenced silenced that building. I can, yeah, I could. As that ball was heading towards the rim, I could see just either the Red Army just jumping for joy, <laughs> or them being absolutely deflated mm. and just a big sigh throughout the whole <laughs> arena. It was uh, look, he did. He got a really good look right in front of the cat's bench. Yes. That had it gone in, I can only imagine what he would have done. Um, I'm sure it would have been a bit of fun to watch. But uh, look, missed it. Um, smiled it off. Didn't mean anything to them. They're yeah. still sitting first and sitting pretty. And then the Cats are uh, back into the finals. All right, Cody, let's take a deep breath. When we come back, we'll go through more of that. We'll go through our award predictions and then we'll, we'll preview the finals starting this week. Sounds good. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. That was a, a, a massive last round, Cody, and it was a big first segment for us to break it all down. So now that it's all settled and we know who's finished where, we talked about it at the time. When United gave up that eight-point lead with 45 seconds mm-hmm. to go when the Wildcats pulled off that miracle, we thought it would come become costly. Yep. That ended up ultimately above everything else. That's why Perth made it and Melbourne didn't. Yep, it is. It really is. And it's uh, it's it's so crazy to think that Realistically, the Cats save their season off an offensive rebound. You know, <laughs> yes. something that uh, they are certainly not uh, not mm. not known for this year. Off a free throw. Off a free throw. <laughs> I know. So yeah, look, we did. We mentioned it. We said uh, that could come back to bite them, and it did. It ultimately did. I think. You know, I mean, Melbourne win that, and then Cats losing to Cairns, and it's it's over. Melbourne's yeah. in. Yeah. So crazy when you think about it, and mm. you know that's why. You know, coaches harp on every little possession and, and all that sort of stuff throughout a season because, you know, it's not always necessarily that one game, that last shot that beats you. It's, mm. it's all the little things beforehand that uh, that happens. So, I mean, wild. Absolutely wild. And, look, I mean, it couldn't be more fitting for this season, I think. Absolutely. Okay, so the top six, the Kings, the Breakers, the Taipans, the Jack Jumpers, the Phoenix, and the Wildcats, when it's all settled, do you think that's fair enough or... Do you feel like United is desperately unlucky? I think they're desperately unlucky, but I also think that it's fairly fair enough. Like it's it's. Would have the Wildcats been equally as unlucky if they did miss out? Um. Yes and no, because mm. I think Melbourne's been fairly up and down. Mm. I think because of how they've played recently, they had to win. Pretty much, they had to win out about three or four rounds ago, I think we spoke about We're like, look, if they're going to have a chance, they have to win out. And And they ultimately really... Almost did. It was that game against New Zealand that cost them in the end, yeah. Yep. Again, they were playing some of the better basketball throughout Mm. the whole league. Um, 
cats have been very up and down all year. Mm. Um, so, look, I, I think, honestly, I think they would be touted as fairly unlucky had they have not made it as well. Mm. And it would have been certainly a season to forget if they didn't because mm. uh, they are loaded with talent, um, especially with the addition of Ty. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I think uh, it, it's a tough one. But, you know, either, either of those two teams, I think, would have been unlucky to make it. And obviously one had to miss out. We'll do a, a proper preview a bit later, but are you happy with how quickly the turnaround is now? So got the NBL Awards done on Tuesday night and then a doubleheader with the, the first two playing games on Thursday night and then the first semi-final series starts on Sunday and you've got the last playing game on Sunday. Are you happy with that much of a turnaround or would you like a little bit more time oh, in between? I think there needs to be a little bit more time in between, um, especially with the awards night. You know, mm. most people would be going to that and, you know, that's a big thing for the season. Mm. Um Potentially have the playing game this weekend, mm. but I think you start the weekend after or mm. even on the Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. start it then, mm. you know, because you need time to prepare. I think, you know, you've worked worked all season. It's a grueling season. Like it's 28 games, but it, it feels like a lot more because it, it is a grueling grind of a season. They're, they're jammed into, what, little little over four months? Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's, it's a lot. Mm. It is a lot. So, you know, it is, it is what it is. Um, and that's part of sports and you've got to be able to turn around and, and get the job done pretty quickly. Mm. So, uh, look, I mean, I'm not complaining because we get lots of basketball straight away. So, uh, yeah, but as a player's point of view, I think a little bit more time would, uh, would be great. Quick rundown on the four teams that didn't make it. We've talked a lot about Melbourne United, but at one point they were 5-10. and 10. I mean, they were, they were hit hard before the season even started. They certainly weren't expecting to lose Daly and, and Jack White. And ultimately, I think that missing those two players cost them because they, when Shaley Illy was out, they didn't have a genuine point mm-hmm. guard and then they never really replaced Jack White as a, as a foreman and that was one of their deficiencies all season. Um, but they did well. They finished off 10-3, and three, playing great basketball at the end, and I thought adding Marcus Lee was terrific. I, I would love to see a full season of... Lee and Humphreys this year yeah. as your five man, and then they could do much worse than bringing back Radden Mays, Tucker, and add him to Golding in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. But it might just depend on the health of Shayili. If you don't have Shayili, then you probably need an import point guard yep. potentially. But if Shay's there, then you can bring those three back. How would you sum up things for, for Melbourne? And I think, again, one of the things that probably doesn't get mentioned as much is the loss of Ariel Huck Porty at the start of the season. Yeah. I think he was primed for a massive season for them. And once we saw, you know, Delhi and Jack White go, I think that kind of pushed him up a little bit further as well with, with Jack leaving to kind of be that dominant force for them. Had the flow on effect, didn't it, where Jordan Caroline had to play the five spot yep. where he should have been a four man. Yep. If you got Huck Porty as your five man, Caroline as your four man, he probably could have been effective. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's one of those things that you, you kind of forget about that. You mm. kind of forget that Caroline was involved to start the season yeah. and that's kind of when they were not playing their best basketball because you had guys out of out of position. Mm. You know, you, you're not giving them their best um, chance to be successful. It's going to be really interesting to see how Shea goes over this offseason. Um, he's going to need a few months off and uh, try to get him right because, I mean, the, it's it's kind of what we saw with Matty towards the end of mm. his career. And, mm. you know, the last time Matty got knocked out on his feet, he got touch with a finger, mm. you know, and it's, it's a scary thing. You know, head injuries are, are no joke and to get uh, to be able to get concussed so easily is not good, especially in basketball. It's technically a non-contact sport, mm. but it is a very physical sport <laughs> for anyone that hasn't played. It's nothing non-contact about it, mm. you know. 
So, yeah, look, ultimately, I think a bit of a failed season for them, I think they would think. Mm. But, man, they were just riddled with injuries. So, uh, look, I, I do feel for them. And they, they definitely were a championship contender towards the end of this season. And, you know, Tucker really came into his own. Mm-hmm. I think he would have been – if he had played the whole season like that, the way he finished, he would have been MVP contention. Sure. Because um, he was just an absolute beast. Uh, he – he kind of talked a little bit too much when he came into the league <laughs> yeah. and didn't back it up. But mm-hmm. I think towards the end of the year, he really did back it up. You know, if, if he didn't say all that sort of stuff coming in, then I'm yeah. sure we're looking at him in a different light. Sure. How would you sum up what happened with the Adelaide 36ers? Because really, <laughs> really, really not many excuses. No. I mean, everything that happened was almost self-inflicted. Never looked like a team. Never played well defensively and never looked like they deserved to be really a playoff team. No, and yours and my championship uh, <laughs> yep. favourites at the start of the season um, really blew up in our face there, mm-hmm. didn't it? Mm-hmm. So complete failure of the season, absolute complete failure of the season. That was a championship or bust team, and even they came out saying that. And to not even make the six in a 10-team mm-hmm. you know, league, I think, is, uh, is, is shocking. And you're right, most of it was self-inflicted. You know, I think, you know, you, you can blame... You can blame Randall all you want. You can blame the travel from the States, you know, towards the start of the season. But, I mean, you've still got three months after that to, to right the ship. And they just didn't. They never did. Um, they never found their feet. They never never played well enough on defense. Um, which, you know, for, for a team like that, if they had figured it out on the defensive end, their offense would have been ten times better. Yep. Right? But they just never did. They never figured it out. I feel like they were fractured at all times. They never really were cohesive. You saw guys finger-pointing a lot. It, it was tough to watch, and it, it's it's crazy because they were so talented. Um, there's some guys on that team that are, you know, amazing dudes, and I'm sure they're feeling it, and they're frustrated and um, kind of want to wipe this one from their memory. But, um, yeah, look, the, the review at the end of this season for them isn't going to be pretty. It was sad to see probably the relationship between Daniel Johnson and CJ Bruden deteriorate yep. throughout the season. I think it's fair to say that DJ won't be back at the 36s. I, I'd be surprised if they offered him a contract. Mm. Where, where, would he like, where would he end up? He's clearly good enough to still play. He's clearly yeah. healthy enough to still play and still young enough to be playing in the NBL. Who is best place to, to fit him in next season? I, I can't see DJ in another jersey. It's just it's, so it's really it's so hard, strange to, to, yeah. to think of, you know. It's um it's one of those things that, you know, I think you you're right. He he's definitely good enough to play again. And I think it's all gonna depend on what happens with CJ. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've we've seen Adelaide fire coaches before they're mm-hmm. into their contract. These their last two coaches. <laughs> yes. So look, there's gonna be lots going on this season. Um, Is there a chance he comes home? Don't know. It's a good call. That's a good call. Um, it'd be pretty cool to see him in a Cats jersey. Mm. It would be pretty cool to see him in that. Um, and I'm and sure he loves playing at RSA Arena. He certainly does. <laughs> he certainly does. So yeah, look, I think I think that would be uh, that would be pretty cool to see. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they uh, show any interest. Mm. Brisbane Bullets. I, I don't know. Yeah, where, I don't know to. where to start. <laughs> How would you sum up what happened to them this season? Oh. Not really sure. Mm. There's kind of lost for words like you are, mate. I think um, they just had too much going on off the court that just affected everything they did on the court, you know. Um, you know, you fire your head coach partway through the season. 
you know, blame him for why you're not being successful. You know, you you throw in pretty much the guy who fired him to to, <laughs> yes. to be to be the head coach. They obviously didn't really respond to him either. Mm. Then you throw you know Van Jack in there who didn't really want it, mm. but they kind of said, "Well, it's yours. Here you go." Well, they they made that decision when he was on a, on an airplane. Yeah, he didn't even know. No, that that's frustrating. And mm. as a playing group, you know you you buy into a system and then all of a sudden it changes and, you know, three games later it changes again. Mm. You know, you, it's tough. And it, it seems like Brisbane is a bit fractured right now. It seems very much like it's, you know, the office versus the playing group yeah. and coaching staff, um, which you never want to see. And they seem to be hiring guys to do things that shouldn't need to be done mm-hmm. throughout the organisation. You know, there shouldn't need to be someone to communicate between the the ownership group and the playing group, and mm-hmm. that shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as an ownership group, you hire people to, to do a job. You, yeah. you shouldn't make decisions for them because that never works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that never works. So, look, obviously a frustrating season for them. Um, we didn't see the best out of Aaron Baines. We didn't no. see the best out of Sobes. Jace Kadee was probably one of the shining lights. Yeah. He was he was tough all year. Unfortunately, see his uh, ridiculous streak of consecutive yes. games come to an end towards the end of the year. Tyler Johnson was finished the season really well. Mm. That's kind of the Tyler Johnson we thought we'd see at the mm. start. DJ Mitchell shooting the lights out, mm. which we didn't expect to see. But uh, look, I think ultimately, yeah, a, a, an upsetting season for them, I'm sure. Mm. The Illawarra Hawks, I, d- I don't know how to sum up their season. 3-25 and 25 looks horrible, but when you factor in the circumstances, I've never seen a team lose four imports in one season to season-ending injuries. Even at the end, they lose Mango Madiang as well, just as he was starting to play some 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 better basketball. you got a rookie coach thrown in, thrown in the deep end. Um, ultimately, Tyler Harvey left with no help in the backcourt, really, and then Sam Froling didn't really have much help from the, nope. the very start, as we've, we've talked about a lot on the show. Um, I still feel like they took positives. How competitive they were in the second half of the season, I don't think 3-25 and 25 is a fair, fair summary of where <laughs> they finished because I think they can actually take a lot out of this. Yeah, I think so, and I think they can probably take more out of it than Brisbane, Brisbane and Adelaide, and Adelaide yeah. um, for sure. Because you know what, they they got a lot of playing minutes into their young younger core group, um, those younger guys coming up. You know, Hickey played a lot at the yeah. end of the year. Lockie Dent played yeah. a lot start of the year and then to finish the yeah. year. I think getting Dan Greeter back was important too. Huge. Good to see him back out on the floor. I think that's massive. And then, you know, kind of putting everything on, on Sam's shoulders yeah. as in the bigs department. Yeah. I think ultimately he's only going to make him better. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, to see Tyler Harvey have to carry a lot of that offensive mm. workload is, is, isn't is fair on a player, um, but there's not much they could do. I mean, mm. you're right, I've, I've never seen a team lose four imports in a season. Yeah. That's just, that's wild. And uh, yeah, look, 3-25 and 25 doesn't do their season justice, mm. I don't think. They were a better team than that for sure. But, you know, it is what it is and they got so close so many times and just couldn't close games out. So, look, frustrating for them, but uh, they can certainly take some positives away. No, for sure. All right, Cody, let's take another break. When we come back, we'll go through our award predictions and then preview the finals, which starts this week. Perfect. (laughs) 
Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle, Cody. And before we get to our preview of the NBL Finals, we've got the awards to get through. So last week we talked about who was nominated for each award. We gave our thoughts on that. Now it's time for us to put our necks on the line and decide who we think is going to, to win each award. And we'll also go back to what we predicted at the start of the season and see how far away we were. Yeah. Let's build up to it. Why don't we start with our maybe the most obvious award? Let's go for the best six man. We didn't do our predictions on this at the start of the season because yeah. it's, it's hard to know who's going to be yeah. starting and who isn't. Yeah. By this point, is this the most obvious choice as winner for, for the awards? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a hands-down award for sure. I mean, good to see that he didn't start enough games mm-hmm. to, uh, to not qualify. But, uh, I mean, Brown Jr. is obviously far and away best six man for sure. Almost, he's one of the leading scorers in the whole league, and yeah. that's coming off the bench. He ended up playing pretty much starter minutes, and I mean, nothing against Tyler Johnson or Rashad Kelly, but yeah, no. I think Barry Brown clearly the winner of that award. Another one that I think is fairly obvious. Again, I feel I feel for Sam Wardenberry because he's had an award snatched right from from yes, his yes. from his hands. But next generation award, Cody, is this another one that you think is fairly obvious? Look, I think so. I think um, you know, obviously, feel for Sam because mm. he's had. An unbelievable season, and he uh, he had that trophy all wrapped up, <laughs> yeah. really, until uh, till it's been snatched away, like you said. You know, I think uh, the next gen award would have to be Sam Froling, just purely because of of the workload he, he had and and what he did throughout the season. Frustrating, I'm sure, but uh, he's he's a very deserved of that award. Now we agree on both of those. We might start to disagree as we go down go down the list. The clearly the most controversial one is the Damien Martin Trophy, the best defensive player. We talked about last week how not only did we think Justin Simon should have been nominated, but he also should have probably won the award. Yep. But he's taken out of the mix. And I think we both eliminated Shayeli just because he didn't play enough games, unfortunately, for, for Shay. So that narrows it down to Derek Pardon and Antonius Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Who would you give it to? So, I think Cleveland. I've, I've got Cleveland to win it purely because I think what he does is a little more noticeable, mm. especially late in games. You know, the diving on the floor and the steals and the blocks and, and all that sort of stuff, I think, uh, has just been more noticeable. And, look, he is a world-class defender. Mm-hmm. He is unbelievable. So, yeah, I think Cleveland wins it for me. I'll go Derek Pardon just because, as a big guy, I just don't think he could have done more than he's done. Right. But yep. I think it's a toss of the coin between those two. Yep. I mean, I, I still think Justin Simon should have won it. And yep. going back to the start of the season, we both predicted Justin Simon. Yep. So I feel like we were pretty much on the money. It's just that... He didn't even get nominated. Maybe the coaches and, <laughs> and captains <laughs> disagreed. Shows too. what we know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's how that sits. Um, most improved player... Now, we both came into the season thinking Tanner Krebs would do a lot of good things at Brisbane and both because of the situation with the bullets and then his own injuries robbed him of, of a chance. It's an interesting one. For a lot of the season, it looks like this was Keanu Pinder's award that you couldn't take off him no matter what. But mm. given he's, he's ended up missing nine games late in the season, do you go with Pinder still or somebody else? It's a tough one because, look, he did miss those games Fairly late in the season. Mm. So most of these awards were already kind of voted on um, and decided. But, look, I, I do think that he went from... I mean, it, it's tough winning it and then trying to win it again. Mm. Um, but, I mean, when you win most improves and then the next season you're in MVP conversations for most of the season, mm. it's, it's a fair indication that you've improved again. So, look, ultimately I think for mine... I reckon Will McDowell-White wins it. Mm-hmm. I think the way he was handed the keys and how he ran that team 
for most of the year. I think uh, I think he's been unbelievable. Um, I think that stood out more lately when he missed those couple of games with his finger. Yeah. And then we see when he comes back how much better they, yeah. they looked straight away. For sure. And, you know, we saw the opposite with Keanu. Yep. You know, he, <laughs> yeah. he misses nine games, they win eight of them. Mm. And that's absolutely not taken away from no, Keanu no. because they are so lethal when Keanu's in there. Mm. Um, they just found a way to be able to make up for him not being there. Mm. Um, and that's where it's harder being a big and winning that award, winning mm. that MVP award because it's not as noticeable when you're out, unfortunately. Sure, sure. But, yeah, look, I think Will McDowell-White wins this one. I might stick with Pinder, but, yep. again, I wouldn't be unhappy if, if Will, Will got, it, got it either. Let's go to Coach of the Year, Cody, and hmm. I, I feel like neither of us are going to be spot on from the start of the season. Nope. Firstly because who I predicted didn't even last very long because <laughs> I predicted James Duncan. Yep. <laughs> um, you predicted CJ Bruden. Yes, um, so neither of those are going to happen. Nope. But boy, the top three teams all have their coach nominated right now and this was probably the toughest choice for mine. Mm-hmm. Who would you go with out of Chase Buford, Modi Mayor and Adam Ford? I've gone with 40, mm-hmm. but it really is a toss of the coin. I, I'm not sure who's going to win it. Mm. I think the argument for Chase Buford is he lost probably the most talent out of anyone else in the league. All three imports. All three imports. Brought in guys that probably aren't quite as talented Mm -hmm. as those three that they lost and had a better record, which is crazy. Mm. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, And then you got the other two who were the bottom two teams last season. Yep, exactly. So I think, um, you know, 40 has done a lot with a very similar group. Mm. Um, You know, I think that he really trusted in some of those guys that he had last year that uh, if he adds the right pieces to them that, you know, he'll, uh, they'll be successful and they obviously have been so far. And I mean, look, you could, we've spoken about it, but you could throw Roth back in here as well. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, But look, I think also the job that Modi Mayor has done with, uh, with New Zealand is just unbelievable. And it looks like same with the same as 40 is the teams just, just love playing for them and they buy in and, you know, he's got a whole new team. You know, there's only a, two or three guys from the team last year that played this year. Yeah. So, you know, they've all got so much going for them to win this award. I, yeah, I, I don't know how people would have <laughs> picked it. But, yeah, look, I've, I've gone with 40. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I've put Modi Mayor down, so I'll stick with it. But, gee, I, I wouldn't be unhappy if any of the three got no. it because they're all equally deserving, I, I think. Um, okay, before we get to the MVP, Cody, let's do our – all NBL teams. Now, this was this was really tough. Why don't we go with your all-first team? Yep. Who did you come up with? So, my all-first team, I've got Cotton, uh, Walton Jr., Hogue, Cooks, and Creek. Mm. I've got four of the five mm-hmm. the same. The only difference I've got is Milton Doyle ahead of Derek Walton, but yep. again, toss of the coin between, between yep. both of them. Yeah, I think uh, there's lots of guys that are going to be Fairly stiff to miss out on both of these teams this year because it's uh, it's been a jam-packed season with uh, with talent. And, mm. um, yeah, this wasn't a fun one to try pick, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, and I, I don't like that it's so restricted to three outside yep. and two inside players. I think that limits what we can do a little bit as well, so it makes yep. it makes it a bit tougher. What about your, your second team? So second team, I've gone with Doyle, Brown, Cleveland, Pardon, and Keanu yep. Pinder. So no, I'm very similar. So the only difference I've got is Walton because I yep. didn't have him in my first team. And then basically it was a, 
I found it really hard to separate Jarrell Brantley and Derek Parton. And because you went for Parton, I went for Brantley because yep, yep. I think they're both equally <laughs> equally deserving. But I, yeah, I mean, we've got nine of the same same ten across the two teams. The only difference is Brantley and Parton, which I think yep. I think I think we've got the ten the ten and all eleven players pretty much right. It's just a matter of what sort of order you break them up into. Yeah, which which uh, which team they fit into. But uh, yeah, look, that's uh, that's a lot of talent right there, <laughs> yes. and then you know a lot of talent that's also missed out. So. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how those two teams end up. Who do you feel most for that you couldn't find a spot in your in your 10? That's tough. Brantley's probably up there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's been unbelievable for them. I think Tucker is probably stiff as well, yep. purely because yep. just the start of the season, mm-hmm. I think he was fairly average. Um, but, you know, he's, he's probably stiff not to make it because yep. he is definitely one of the top 10 players in the league right now. For sure. Um, they're probably the two that were a struggle to fit in, which probably are deserving of it. Yep. I, I came up with a list of 12 when I was putting my teams together, yep. and the two that missed out were Tucker and Parton. Yep. So. Yep. Um, okay, let's finish off with the MVP, Cody. Now, let's go back to the start of the season. You said Bryce Cotton, mm. so I still feel like you're in a good chance. I went Ray John Tucker, and I feel a lot less embarrassed about that now than I did yeah. at the halfway yeah, point absolutely. of the season. He obviously can't win it, but I don't feel like it was as horrible a selection as it looked. In the first few few <laughs> weeks, you're right. <laughs> um, who gets your selection now? Well, on my sheet of paper, it's got a big question mark because <laughs> I honestly, I have no idea. Again, similar to the coach of the year, I think all three have an unbelievable case mm. for why they should be MVP. I think Zave with just how he how, how impactful he is on that team. Um, you know, it's tough because they're so talented that when he doesn't play that they're really good still. Mm. But, you know, if you look at his stats, I don't think they're, they're not as good as, as Creek or Cotton's, mm-hmm. but his impact is, is huge. And that's mm-hmm. why I, I like that players and coaches yeah. do vote on this because they can see that side of things. Creek has been just an absolute beast and he's probably been one of the more consistent throughout the year. Um, And then, look, Bryce. I mean, Bryce has been up on pretty much every stat on his whole career Mm. uh, this season, which is unbelievable to think (laughs) when he's won three MVPs already. But I also think winning three MVPs already hinders him because Mm. then all of a sudden you're held to a higher standard as it is, which I think it's harder for him to win it again. I think if you're looking at what this award should be, those two guys, Creek and Cotton, are probably the two that if you took them out of their teams, those two teams would not be in the playoffs no, at all. No, they wouldn't. You take Zave out of Sydney, I think they're still in the playoffs, mm-hmm. just purely because of their depth and how they play. But I still think Zave is probably is one of the best <laughs> players in the league. Sure. I reckon I'm going to go, because I picked him in preseason, I'm going to mm-hmm. go with Bryce. Mm-hmm. Because I picked him in the preseason, I'll yep. go with Bryce. <laughs> I, I feel like Mitch Creek won't win it. Because I feel like the weight seems to be heading towards either Cooks or Cotton. But yeah. because I made the case at the halfway point for Mitch Creek, I feel like he only got better he from did. that point on. So every every point I made at that point for Creek to win stands true now. And he got his team into the into the finals. He had that incredible 46-point game yeah. thrown in there as well, which didn't hurt his chances. So I'm going to stick with Mitch Creek just because, like you said, I don't know how many games the Phoenix win at all no. if he's not part of that team. He was that impactful and he's that inspirational as a leader. So I don't expect him to win, but I'm going to stick with with Mitch Mitch anyway. Love it. So, all right, Cody, we'll come back next week and find out how close we were, if we got any right. But <laughs> <laughs> let's move into the, the finals because it's a very short turnaround like we talked about. It starts on Thursday night with a doubleheader. 
So we go to John Kane Arena first of all for the play-in qualifier. Feels like these are fancy names for not what's not much different to what we used to have with the old elimination finals yep. and quarterfinals. So yeah, I mean, I think we're trying to make things look a lot fancier <laughs> when it's probably not too much different to the old yeah. playoff system we used to have. But either way, this is t- called the play-in qualifier. The loser goes home. The winner advances to another play-in game on Sunday. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix against the Perth Wildcats. I feel like this is the perfect matchup for the Phoenix because they can dominate the Wildcats inside yeah. with Williams and Creek like we saw last time. But boy, the Wildcats can just put up so many points that yeah. they're always a chance. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating game. I think if, if the Cats can do what they did against Sydney and just be relentless on the boards, you know, while they didn't dominate Sydney on the boards by any stretch, just them crashing was, was such a difference. Mm. Um, and then defensively, if they can keep that up, I think they'll, they'll serve well. But you're right, I think this is the perfect matchup and probably the one that Phoenix would have preferred. Mm. Um, it's a tough one, but I reckon, uh, I reckon Phoenix get it. Yeah. How much is resting on the shoulders of Tayshawn Thomas and Brady Manick? Because if Alan Williams or Mitch Creek can, can play to their potential, then I'm not sure Perth can win. No. Um, it's going to be a massive game for those two because, mm. uh, yeah, those are two just powerhouses in this league mm. and just play bully ball and that's what they're good at and that's what they've done all year. It's tough. It's going to be tough. And I think uh, if they can go at Williams on the other end and get mm. him in foul trouble because oh, yeah. he's been struggling to stay on the floor. Mm. If they can do that, have him go sit on the pine for a while, I think they'll fare all right. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, they've got their hands full. The seeding qualifier is up next. <laughs> it's in Cairns. Both these teams have got their injury troubles, so that there'll be no counter pinder for the Cairns Taipans, no Josh Majet for the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, and I guess we, we wait and see to see if Tajima McCall will be back mm. to play, and we wait to see if Clint Steiner will be right to play as well for the Jack Jumpers. So both teams have got their troubles, but we, we know how good both teams are as well. This is a really tough one to, to, to tip. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, now that it's finals, they're all going to be a fairly tough to pick and mm-hmm. it's going to be uh, difficult to, to really separate these teams. And it's it sucks to see so many injuries for, mm. for these teams as well. So, you know, we're not going to see the full strength of either of them, unfortunately. But, you know, that's that's what the season does. Look, I think, uh, I think Cairns are playing some really good basketball right now. They're out there, they're having fun, they're playing loose. Um, I reckon they get it because um, I think losing Majet for this team is massive. Mm. While he's not been the best on paper this year, I think just the way he leads that team on the floor, I think it's going to make a real impact for them. So I think Cairns get that one. Who runs the point now? Do, do you give the key to Jared Weeks? <sighs> I don't know because <sighs> it's a tough one because I feel like McDonald's run it more than, yeah. than Weeks he has. So, but then do you do you start McDonald? Mm. Is you starting a development player in a finals game? Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I'm I'm not sure who I'm not sure what the solution is, mm. and I, I uh, yeah don't envy Scott Ross trying to make that decision. Well, whoever does, they're going to have Bull Kowal hounding them, and they're going to have a hell of a time trying to get the ball up up half court. Yeah, it's not going to be too fun <laughs> for him, is there? So, and then on the other hand, if if Taj plays, you got you got him in your pocket mm-hmm. too. You know, yep. reaching and trying to strip you every every time you you dribble it up the court. So. Yeah, it's it's going to be a grind for, for whoever takes the lead there. Mm. Totally different styles as well. The Taipans are going to want to push the pace, get up as many threes as they can, and then play that pressure defense where the Jack Jumpers are going to want to slow it down yeah. and try to make it a grind. I mean, how important is it to control the tempo? Oh, it's massive. Whoever controls the tempo for this game wins it, mm. hands down. We've, we've seen that Tassie hasn't quite had that same bite on defense that they had 
this time last year. Mm. So, yeah, it's going to be intriguing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, tempo, you know, they're literally opposite ends of the scale on this one. So mm. it's it's going to be so uh, – it's going to determine who wins it, if, if who can play on their own terms. We will then have two more games on Sunday. So we're just playing our guessing game now because we <laughs> won't know who's playing who. But based on your predictions anyway, Cody, we'll yeah. have the play-in game first of all. So last chance for both these teams. So assuming that the Jack Jumpers lose, they'll be at home to whoever wins between the Phoenix and the Wildcats. So let's just assume that you know what you're talking about. <laughs> and you've got the Jack Jumpers against the Phoenix. Who would get that one? I think the Phoenix get it. Mm-hmm. I, I just think, again, you got the that bully ball that they play. Um and just to you know sound like a broken record, I do think Majet is is going to play a huge role. Mm. The fact that he's not playing, and yeah, I, I think Phoenix get that one um, for sure. And then Tazia out in straight sets, unfortunately. Yeah. What that would set up is two mouthwatering semifinals, and yeah. it couldn't be set up. We'll talk about it more next week when we know who's playing, even though game one would have already been played. But if we've got the Breakers against the Taipans in the first semifinal series, we've seen how physical and I guess, intense, the three games between them have been this season. And then if you've got the Kings against the Phoenix, we saw that double overtime classic. If they can have a three-game series as well, gee, that's almost a perfect scenario. Yeah. Oh, it'd be awesome. Uh, I love every second of it, right? But, um, yeah, look, it's uh, going to be fascinating. And I think that, obviously, while it's super confusing with all this, (laughs) (laughs) the play-in game, the qualifier, Mm. the seedings, and all that sort of stuff, I think, um, you know, it's... It, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I think um, there's going to be lots of really good games across the whole round, let alone uh, or the whole final series, mm. let alone in, in each of the each of the series. I think, um, oh goodness me, yeah, I'm, I'm absolute flip of the coin to be honest with you. I'm just I'm wouldn't hate a couple of uh, overtimes in yes. in uh, in these, but um, yeah, goodness me, I uh, I'm actually not sure. No, well. When we come back, Cody, we'll know who's in the semifinals, and we well, can, yeah, we can talk probably more. make it we, <laughs> a bit easier, right? So we can talk more about them then. And when we come back, we'll also know who would have won the awards, and mm. we might even know some more about what some of the teams are doing in their off season as well. We might find out more about some player and coach movements as well. So we'll let all that unfold over the next week, Cody. Thank you for joining me once again. Thank you for breaking all that down and what's been just a crazy finish to the NBL season. And next week we'll be right in the heart of the finals. So mm. I'll wrap it up there and. I don't know what to leave you with, but you can you can finish with whatever final words you like. Oh, Kai Soto for fans of MP again. <laughs> that was on my list. Is there any chance that anyone but Kai Soto Not wins? Not a chance. It has to be Kai, right? <laughs> has to be. Uh. All right, Cody. We'll be back next week. Cheers, mate.